0: some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Welcome to this edition of Equipped to Be. I'm your host Connie Albers. Glad you're with us this day. Hey, I want to talk to you today about something that impacts every one of us, and that is teens and tweens. Now, here at Equipped to Be, we have a very diverse audience because we cover a lot of topics, not not just one specific. Because frankly, our lives are rather complicated. And we have multiple things in our lives that we're trying to to deal with, whether that's balancing the budget, keeping our homes together, balancing it all, walking through all the various crises that are happening. But today, this episode, I want to talk specifically about helping tweens and teens cope just straight up. It only takes you like two seconds two seconds of listening to any news or looking at news online, and you've got something happening that's pretty shocking with our adolescents, whether it's violence, whether it's gang-related or drug-related, whether it's happening in schools, whether it's the smash and grab You know, we have had a crisis of teenagers, honestly, for decades. I'll just be honest. But it does keep ramping up. And whether you have teens and tweens, because I know our audience is is diverse. Some of you don't even have children. Some of you have uh, adult children. Some of you have just younger children. It doesn't matter the ages in your home, but the information that I'm going to share with you today is going to be relevant because these teens and tweens, these adolescents that are in a season of absolute chaos, they are going to grow up quickly here and become adults that will be running businesses, that will be working in nursing homes, that will be working in the medical field, that will be taking positions of leadership on. So we have to pay attention to this issue. I know I don't always talk about parenting. Uh, most of the time we do here at equip to be Because honestly, we are in such a state of chaos and confusion and attacks on our family. It's almost hard not to, isn't it? I can't tell you how many times I'm either messaged on FaceTime or Instagram, or I get uh, someone sends me a message on Signal or, or Telegram, all the, all the platforms with help, help, what do I do? What do I do? My, my teenager is just so disrespectful. My teenager does not want to do what I'm telling them to do. They're not listening to me. Well, that's what we're going to dive into. Because society at large says, oh, these kids, they'll be fine. They can, handle, uh, they can handle more than their you know, parents think they can. Because after all, parents are the idiot. Which is rather, a kind, I actually find kind of comical. Because most of these people telling you, lecturing you, are parents themselves. And frankly, they have the same concerns you have. That their kids aren't going to turn out that their kids are going to be ruined or that they're not going to do enough. But yet they'll lecture us, you, on what you're supposed to be doing as if there's some great authority on your child, which frankly they aren't. But you know, I will say this, your kids are resilient. What they've gone through in the last couple of years with the culture shifts and our society, the blatant attack on morals, and values, and character, your kids are resilient. That part is true. But what these so-called experts don't tell you is what the cost is to your adolescence. The emotional, the physical, the mental. Oh, they don't tell you that. Why? Because that doesn't fit their narrative. They don't want parents alarmed at what's going on. They want to normalize the chaos, the violence, the disrespect, the turning away from your family values. Frankly, they want to break apart the nuclear family, and that is not new. I'll tell you, people asked me, and I would kiddingly say, you know, why did you homeschool your kids, Connie? And for many years, I used to say, well, because my husband asked me to consider it and pray about it. And to a large degree, I guess that was the beginning, but that wasn't the full reason. The full reason is our kids were under attack then too. And I knew I wanted something better for our family, which is probably what most of you are are wanting as well. You want to have kids that are close. And I'll be doing a lot of talking about building sibling relationships. You know, as a mom of five, I've got a lot of experience in that. And, you know, I worked with tweens and, and college kids for about 25 years. Oh, man, did this, I, oh, the stories I heard, the destruction, the breaking apart, the brokenness that I would see over all these years. So, yeah, those, those are near and dear to my heart. And that's why I want to talk about helping tweens and teens that are needing to learn how to cope. They may be on the front acting as if all's fine, but what's really going on in their heart might not be fine and dandy the way the so-called experts are. But the reason that I did homeschool and I chose to continue homeschooling wasn't because I had some grand desire to homeschool my children. I was a career woman, and I'm not saying you have to pick Back when I began homeschooling, there weren't a lot of options. Now there's tons of options. But what I was able to do while I homeschooled was build a movement, a movement that is vibrant now. So when we talk about kids or resilience by the experts who say, just give them to us, we know what to do. I saw an interview with Dr. Carol Swain the other day, and she was just talking about uh, educators' Of setting themselves up as the experts. Well, it used to be, and I will say it did used to be that the educators did back and support the parents. Well, there's a straight out assault on the parents and if if you've been in, informed about the news at all, you know this to be true. So just because we know and they tell us kids are resilient, they can handle all these crises That are coming their way. They can handle the back and forth between what's okay today is not okay tomorrow. What words are um, normal today maybe may land them in the cancel culture box tomorrow. While they can adjust and pivot probably more quickly than you and I, there is wounds. And those wounds are the result of what is happening to them. Now, they may not be afraid of a virus because, after all, kids do believe themselves to be invincible, but they are highly aware of canceled culture. They are very aware of the bullying. They are, they are aware that they can, their friends can turn on them in an instant. Trust is a big issue right now among adolescents. They don't really know who they can trust. The naive kids— naive, meaning they're the ones who tend to be trust. they're just more trusting. They're not jaded and skeptical. They may share things thinking that that is their, you know, new weekly best friend, only to find out that new weekly best friend just shared it on a social media platform. And now uh, the whole world is raining down on them to give them, you know, to intimidate them. One, they want them to conform. And comply, right? The interesting part is parents are being ganged up on. You're being ganged up on by educators. That's not new. When I was homeschooling my kids, when I was beginning my parenting journey, I was also ganged up on. I mean, I was told I was stupid. I wasn't smart enough to do this. I would ruin my children. I wasn't an expert. I didn't have my degree in education. You know what's remarkable is? We're having that same conversation today. Years ago, we weren't necessarily said that to our face. It was like a rumoring, like just kind of like a little faint whisper. You knew what was being thought, but they didn't have the nerve to say it to your face. Now, they'll straight up say it to your face, and you, we see it. It's the highlight in whatever lead media story is out there. But parents are being ganged up on by education, Experts, by government leaders, by the changing cultural norms that you're expected to follow. Follow suit. Get in line. Shut up, mom and dad. You don't know what you're doing. We are the experts. We've done all the studies. Well, you can look at a study in a number of different ways and they can all be slanted to a bias that they want to present. The narrative, the story they want to sell. Also, parents, You know you're being under attack with peers even. Friends that don't agree with what you're doing. They'll turn you in. They'll make fun of you. They'll report you. They'll distance their kids from you because, after all, they wouldn't want your sweet little kids to, you know, undermine them. So, yes, it's real. We've got to help our teens and tweens cope. And, Mom and Dad, that means... And educators, I know we have a lot of educators that listen to our program. You know what that also means? We have to understand what they're facing. And we can only understand what they're facing when we understand the growth and development that's happening within our children, the emotional, the physical, the mental. All those parts go into our kids as they're growing up, but they don't happen at the same age, at the same time, or in the same way. Because all of your children, if you have more than one, are different. Their temperaments are different. The way they see, feel, and process the world around them is very different. But it's some things that are true that aren't going to change. Because in some ways, Pandora Box has been open, And that is, you know, child, teen, adolescent, I would say, not younger children, but the drinking, the casual sex, the experimental drug use, gang activity. You know, all of that's up. Why? Because kids are longing to find their identity. They want to know where they belong. They need to feel secure. I write about this in Parenting Beyond the Rules. I I specifically write about those three needs, the, the need for identity, the need for belonging, and the need for security. Now, if you haven't gotten a copy of Parenting Beyond the Rules, I would strongly encourage you to get a copy. Now is a great time. You can listen to it through audiobook you can or download it as a Kindle. You can uh, get it in, in paperback form. There's many ways to get this book, but I am excited to have learned that Parenting Beyond the Rules has now crossed that threshold where it's considered what we call in the publishing world an evergreen book. It is making a difference. In parenting. It is helping parents adjust their mindset to, to rethink and try some fresh, practical approaches to parenting that aren't just rules, but understanding the principles and knowing how to, how to lead and guide and teach your children in the way they should go. Now's a great time, and I strongly encourage you To get Parenting Beyond the Rules, get it for someone that you know that has teenagers or or tweens, even college kids, or really any kids for that matter, because it helps parents develop a mindset of why they're going in the direction that they're going. Your children are a masterpiece. When I speak, I say this all the time. Your children, you, you mom and dad, your children, they're a masterpiece. And every masterpiece is unique. You do not use the same color scheme. You do not use the same brush strokes. It's unique. Your child's unique. And God has called you to help create the masterpiece. What does that actually mean? Oh, it sounds so pretty and flowery. Well, it just means that your child is hardwired from birth with certain dispositions and temperaments and the way that they feel and process the world around them is unique to them. So while many things are rather adverse happening with our adolescence, it just means that we're not going to be able to go back to those days of long ago. We're not going to be able to go back to those days. We're not going to go back to a time when technology didn't dominate our lives. It's it's not going to happen. What does that mean? It means we have to protect our kids now more than ever. We have to be more diligent now than we used to be. The attacks were always there, but mom and dad, it keeps us on our toes a lot more. And I am often asked, but Connie, your kids, you know, your kids are older. I'm just going to tell you, I am as much engaged with my kids' lives now as I was when they were younger. And you might find that hard to believe because The children have grown up and they're living adult lives. And that brings in a whole host of other points to consider and areas to help serve them and come alongside them. And this podcast is not about older kids, but I'm telling you, it doesn't end, it just changes. But you've got to protect your kids so that when they are grown up, they have a strong conviction and the ability to reason on their own. Because the belief system is set. The knowledge is imparted. It's there. It's engrafted into their heart. You have pointed them in the ways of the Lord. You have taught and trained them. You've facilitated and you've cultivated and nurtured the sense of family. We do life together. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily all living in your home. It doesn't mean that they're all going to be living, you know, like next door. But it's still that mindset of we are a family and we do life together. Now, over the holidays, many of you have experienced some older kids being gone and you did some FaceTiming or maybe they came in to visit with you. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, while you can't go back in time when the nuclear family was supported by society, and, and while you can't go back to that time when technology didn't dominate our lives, there are some things you can do. First, push back. Now, some of you are going to feel called to speak up and speak out. Some of you aren't. Is one right and one wrong? No. It's knowing what God has called you to do. And if He's called you to do it, He will equip you for it. Hence the name equipped to be. He, you are equipped to be that which He's called you to do. Period. Some of you are busy about the business within your home. But all of you, all of you, all of us as a society are going to have to fight for the family in ways that we didn't before. One of the other things you're going to do when you're pushing back is make sure you put up boundaries around you and your children. Don't give access Unfettered access. No, our kids are too important for that. Our families are too important for that. When the government officials and the education leaders are no longer hiding their agenda, y- you know that they believe that they are big enough to defeat you. You know, you're just a mom and a dad after all. You're nobody powerful, except you are. You have the hearts of your kids in the palm of your hands. When you start to think, I can't make a difference, I want you to remember David and Goliath. Yeah, it's true. The government has allocated billions and billions of dollars to school, public school unions. And they're, trust me, they're using that money to do what they can, in my opinion, to undermine families to influence children to sway them into thinking that hey whatever goes whatever you feel that's great that's cool go for it but that sadly that's not that's not the way it's supposed to be so you're going to push back it's going to be one of the things that you do and then you're going to learn about the growth and development of your adolescent. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have time to read all the research on cognitive behavior and critical thinking. You don't have time for all of that and you're in the midst of parenting, which is why many of you, you know, I'm just so glad so many of you tune in to Equip to Be. And there's others that you turn to as well to kind of help you. Because trust me, we don't have the time, but we know the one who has made our kids. So whether you understand growth and development of the adolescent brain or whether you fully understand uh, how to um, how to help your child in those areas. if you are a believer in the Lord, guess what? He created your kids, He knows them because he formed and fashioned them. He knows exactly what he has for them, the plans he has for them. and he's asked you to guide and teach and train them. Isn't that beautiful? It's kind of strange. And in some ways you think about, wow, I don't know what I'm doing, but that argument has not changed. I don't know that there's been very many generations that have ever felt like they were completely competent to raise these kids to be all that we think they're supposed to be. Kids are going to flail and flounder and thrash about a little bit. Just like these moms that write me or call me in desperation, what do I do? We're all going to have those. I had those. And you know, your kids are having those too, because probably tens of thousands of stories I've heard now from these young adults about what they wish their parents knew, what their thought life was, and they, gosh, they would just love to be able to talk to somebody about they're not okay, they're, they're not, they put on the face, they pretend everything's good. But then when they lay their head on the pillow at night, they wonder and they doubt and they're not sure. So you're going to push back. You're going to remember the David and Goliath, yeah, us little tiny parents, maybe nothing to a, a $9 billion union school budget, but David overtook Goliath. You're going to fight for your kids. You're going to fight for your family. Some of you will do it publicly. Some will do it privately. You're going to learn what you can. Just learn what you can about the growth and development of adolescent children. Help your children develop a healthy sense of self and identity. Help them become self-aware and others-aware. Help them to understand that their identity is first found in the Lord and then within the family. See, we are designed for and defined by our relationships. Write that down. You and, and your kids, we are designed for and defined by our relationships. When your kids learn to have a healthy sense of who they are, followed by knowing their identity, it helps children learn how to become adults and even more so how to navigate adult life. Because what I'm seeing right now is that parents are afraid to assert their parental responsibility, to raise their children by setting limits, or teaching them manners and morals, or establishing boundaries. We're afraid that if we do those things, our kids are going to reject us. We're afraid that, you know, we're going to make our kids or our adolescent kids mad or angry. Well, yeah, they might not like it. When you say, no, you can't get your driver's license, uh, they might not like it when you say, no, you will be home by 11 o'clock. Or if you take the car, then here comes the responsibility that comes with taking a car that could potentially harm someone else or you or cost our family a ton of money should they get in an accident. Mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, Those, all of you listeners Whether you're in India Whether you're in the Ukraine Or you're in South Africa Or the UK or Switzerland Wherever you are We have listeners from around the world Don't be afraid To be a responsible parent Yeah, your teens might protest But That time of protesting will come to an end. Why? Because they will start to see that you care about them. And don't be afraid to tell them, I care about you, especially when they throw up the, you don't trust me card. Oh, man, that happens so much. You don't trust me. And you know what I know what all of you are saying. You've heard it. You're kind of laughing right now. And you're going, yeah. And you've said this back. I trust you, I just don't trust others. And they're like, yeah, right. (laughs) But it is true. Sometimes we don't trust them. Why? Because they're still growing up and they might make poor decisions. So it's not this trust as in you're some untrustworthy. It's that you're still in the process of learning and growing up and learning how to navigate the chaos and the culture around them. So don't get surprised when your child might get a little angry and protest when they push back on your limits and boundaries. You've placed them for the best of your family. Also, you don't allow their protesting to make you believe that you're parenting poorly. It's actually an excellent opportunity for you to communicate what your family goals and visions are. Have you done that lately? Right now, I want you to, to pause this, and I, I want you to think for a little bit. Do your kids know who your family is and what you represent? On Christmas morning one year, I, I woke up, and I was having a quiet time, and something just really hit me, and I started writing out um, a devotion, it, kind of like a time I wanted to share with the kids before we opened any presents or did anything like that. And I really wanted to speak life into them. I wanted them to know that I, I knew what they're struggling with. And I, I wanted to breathe life through my words because in Proverbs 25, 11, it talks, he was talking about a word fitly spoken. I wanted to speak into the lives of my kids in a way that they understood You know, they often will laugh. Sometimes I say mock and they say they do it lovingly because we used to go around the table at Christmas and Thanksgiving and talk about what we were grateful for or we would praise something we saw in one of the other kids or, you know, what our highs and lows were. There were so many things we did over the years. They didn't all stay because, you know, I did the segment on family traditions and it was a short segment. I encourage you to go listen to that. But the goal was... To build a family that wanted to do life together. A family that when they all came together at a holiday or over a holiday event or a birthday event, it wasn't the uh, obligatory, got to go to spend time with mom and dad. Oh, we got to go to this birthday party. No, it was that nobody wanted to miss it. We wanted to create the sense of FOMO, fear of missing out. What would they miss out on? That's not a bad thing not if it's within the confines of your family. But when you help your children develop a healthy sense of self and identity, they do actually learn how to become adults and how to navigate the struggles that will face them in adult life. And what I'm seeing right now is is that fear of parents, the second-guessing, the doubting. When you can tell your child, The why behind your instructions. They may not like it initially. Do you? Sometimes, as adults, even, we don't like to be told what we can and can't do. It kind of, I mean, look at what's happening in our society. People don't want to be told they have to get a vaccine. They don't want to be told they have to wear a mask. They don't want to be told they they can't fly or they can't travel or they can't go to the grocery store or they can't go to a restaurant. There's something about that that is troublesome. And why is what I just said different from a mom and dad parenting relationship versus just societal external pressures? Well, authority, God-given authority for one. And two, it just shows you that even when your kids, you know, if they protest at home against things that you've implemented or trying to implement— uh, you you kind of struggle the same way which kind of goes back to something i said earlier in the podcast and that was being able to understand what's going on with them uh, being able to see through their lens and realizing and letting them know hey you you can struggle with this your whole life but parenting is an opportunity for you to paint pictures of possibilities for your child and for your family Your kids do end up respecting you for for being the parent. Don't make it about a set of rules, but about the principles behind the rules. And don't be afraid to adjust. If you learn new information that you think is worthy of reconsidering, or maybe that your, your adolescent wants you to reconsider, take the time to do it. And then I'm just telling you right now, you've got permission to pivot if need be. That's also something your children are learning from you. And yes, now that my children are grown, it seems like the years of teaching and training, oh boy, were they just a short span of life. It doesn't seem like it when you're in the middle of it. 24 hours can seem like a year. If things get tense in your home, I want you to try to remind yourself that the season of parenting littles and middles and older teens it's just a few years. It's not that long really. If you added it up and you realize the first three years your kids don't often remember. And then from 15 onward, they're very involved in in either work or at extracurricular activity. So you really have those years of of four to fourteen, four to fifteen ish. Think about how old you are right now and what a small time window of time that is for you to shape, mold, and fashion those children. It's worth the investment of your time now. Your kids need you to to fight for your family, to fight for them, to push back when need be. Understand your teens and your tweens. They need some help. They need some help coping. Now, if your children are filled with positivity and optimism, maybe not as much. Because they don't see this disruption the same way that maybe your other children do. But I can assure you, if you have more than one child, they're both going, or in my case, all five, they're going to see the world through a different lens. And most likely, they're going to see the world through a different lens than you see it. You're growing and changing as you're learning more about them. You're letting go. You're letting go of, of certain things that, You've realized, oh, I just that's something I don't need to to major, you know, I just don't need to make such a big deal of. And you're learning what you really do need to be firm on, what really will matter. There does come a point where the board games aren't as frequent. The things that you do this year will change next year, and it becomes but a faint memory. It becomes something you talk about. At future family gatherings, they become the stories. But your kids are relying on you to help them cope with all that's going on. And while they may seem like it's no big deal, because maybe you have been able to protect them from some of what's happening, but they're still aware. They can still sense things are just different than the way they used to be. That's where you... Boy, that's your opportunity to come alongside them and shore up those relationships. That's what you get to do. You get to create rich relationships that have lasting impact on your kids' lives and in your family. And it just starts with being not afraid to be the parent that God's asked you to be. Your kids need that, and they will look back with respect and appreciation. Maybe not when they're 10. Maybe not when they're 15 and they want the keys to the car. But they do. They do look back because they grow up, and then they start to see through a different lens. So take heart, my friends. This is just a season But it is the future. It's the future of our society and our culture. It's the future of our country. It's the future of your family. So it's worth it, isn't it? Consider that, won't you? Thanks for joining me for this edition of Equipped to Be, and we'll see you next week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.